Hey, what's up out there? This is John here, my friend Johnny. <laughs> Talk about that. The podcast. Uh, this is, it's, we don't have to say that, remember? On cue. Cue. Listen, I'm not going to call it a podcast anymore. No. Um, I think I read this on Twitter that people that introduce themselves on the podcast at this point is dumb too because they know what you are. They, they selected it or they're a longtime listener. And so to just even say like, welcome back to the thing, like they know what it is. So that's even extra. I don't know. Superfluous, one might say. I kind of think, I kind of think, did you know I used the word superfluity in my book <laughs> recently? Super, it's a real word. Superfluity? It's, it's the noun of superfluous, the adjective. Superfluity. Superfluity or superfluidity? Superfluity. Okay, I'm sure. Superfluidity would be like the study of superfluity. I think no, it'd be superfluity would mean like something that's like melted down and it makes it it flows fast. It's superfluidity. <laughs> superfluidity. Yeah, like his conversational tone had a superfluidity to it. <laughs> um, no, John, this is as close as I'm going to talk to the mic. Stop, is it? stop okay. giving me cues off. Air. Well, I'm just trying to. Okay, well, keep... I don't like the way you're handling me. Yeah, well. If I go close, it's going to distort. No, I'm watching. I'm watching the fancy buttons. I'm glad no one can hear us right now. Um, we miss Dane is what we're saying. Yeah, but and Dane's not with us today. But he helped set this up, and we appreciate did. that. He was very kind to help us get set up today. He is. He's a kind person. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, you in know, so much as we believe in goodness, by the way, where that's I, possible through human nature right, and right, itself. Right. I love. We won't get into depravity. I loved that. Uh, what was it? Was it a, a Babylon Bee that said uh, the dog? The Calvinist corrects, dog. Calvinist, Calvinist dog, dog corrects, corrects owner. Yeah. <laughs> it says no one is a good boy. No one is a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, I really, I laughed. So I think I retweeted that. Actually. That's a great one. That was yeah. funny. Um, you know, where I'm using superfluity okay. is it's a, uh, it's a theory of sleep superfluity. And that is I just, I literally create a chart where I reverse so you know if you sleep more right. than six, seven hours a day, then it increases your lifespan. And so I did actual research on what it does to increase it. Okay. And I just – well, actually what it does is if you sleep less than six, it decreases. So I just flipped that. I inverted it yeah. and added what – then if I sleep this many hours, it must increase proportionately to be able to leave. But you're not awake for that amount of life. That's that what I put in the book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you sleep 14 hours a day, I can guarantee you'll live 115 years. You just won't be awake very often to know about it. Well, there's a tipping point. It's almost like there was a study that, that was done by some uh, somebody that I read about, and it was on cat ladies, like how many cats you own. Uh, if it's like more than four, you're crazy. You're, you know, that's you tip into crazy. And then if you get past like 20, you're a saint. Like in between four and 20 – you're a crazy cat lady, but if you get past 20, it's like, well, this lady, she's feeding all these cats. What a, or she's a hero. So, I don't know. So, you want to, it's like sleep. You want to be in between eight hours and 14 hours. 14 hours is you're depressed and you need right. professional help, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you sleep that much because you need to, ca- but I've heard that you can't catch up, that that's a myth, too. That the quality of like, I didn't get sleep, so now I'll get caught up. Yeah, I don't that think there's that. no there's no catching up. I think that's what's depressing about it too, because then you now makes you want to go sleep. Well, you're like, my gosh, I can't ever catch up. Yeah, what's the point? Like life is over. You know, wow. once you have kids, you're like, life is over because I'll never catch up now. Wow, it's, gosh, and just like that, and it makes me want to run out and have some kids. That <laughs> right <laughs> always giving me the good stuff. <laughs> oh man, you do get used to. Uh, I don't think you ever get used to your sleep being interrupted. That that's the hard part. Yeah. It's, they call it nocturnus interruptus, I think is what it is. In the I have dogs lab. that sleep in the bed with me, though, and they kick me and snore. My dogs snore. <laughs> so that's Why are they them. kicking you? Well, they, 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 They're running in their sleep? They run. <laughs> and then Curry had, uh, restless, has restless leg. Yeah. So she, I look over sometimes, and they're both just kicking, and I'm like, <laughs> well, they're running. That's really neat. She's walking them. So that's cool. <laughs> well, well, man, it's been a while since we got to uh, sit on the old been. podcast. And, Too long. And so we've lost all of our momentum and all of our listeners. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to become very consistent now. Oh. Very consistent. That's my hope. <laughs> we were talking about this, the difference between being an optimistic person and being a hopeful person. Remember we talked about that yeah. a little bit at lunch? It wasn't on the podcast. Oh. Then it didn't count. Maybe that's Maybe it's a semantical difference that I'm only imagining in my own mind, but... I think that I'm definitely not an optimistic person, uh, 
but I do think of myself as a hopeful person because I think if I didn't have hope that things would at least work out, that I wouldn't get up. Like I wouldn't make plans and I wouldn't. Right. So I think I have hope, but I definitely don't go, well, things will work out. I'm here. Like when I meet somebody who's really just like, well, this will be great. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you always told me, how was it that you always said that to me, that I was a person who could talk myself into everything being okay? Well, you need for everyone around you to be okay for you to be okay. And so that's a really tall order. So sometimes I can I catch you kind of like, well, this will this person's doing better or this right. person's, and you're like, no, John, they're this is horrible. They're abusing you, and this is not good. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is great. That's and I was right. like, he needs this to be what it is, and that's okay. Sometimes that's good. It's not a bad. Well, you know that that's a hallmark of an enneagram six. Oh my god! And that, no, it's, it really, I started learning my, about myself that that sixes need yeah. everybody. Here's what I know. I need everybody in my life to be okay with me. Yeah. And here's the hard part. I need everybody in my life to be okay with each other. Yeah. I have that a little bit. So if you're not okay with Dane, then it bothers me for some reason. Yeah. Like even though I have nothing to do with it. I have that. Like I was going to have a get together for Super Bowl. Okay. So I'm in and out of, of town all the time now, and it's really picked up this past three years. So that means a lot of my relationships are just kind of in flux, and it, I feel kind of panicked about it because i want to be a better friend than i am it's important to me to be a good be a good friend and i'm not really an extrovert but i'm definitely somebody who i do recharge around uh quality time with individual people like Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily need to have a big party to recharge but i do say man i've not talked to dan in a while we need to have lunch or i've not talked to evan in a while let's go have lunch yeah and it's not even out of guilt it's out of like i want to go recharge with this person and catch up yeah because if it was out of guilt, I would eventually – it would wear you down and you just wouldn't do it anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying if it was just like I got to go visit mom in the nursing home or whatever that is, like you, you eventually run out of steam. This is definitely I want to go do it. But anyway, so I was going to have this Super Bowl party and I started thinking about who I would invite and I started realizing there's like clashing members of that group and it really stressed me out that I could invite this person but not that person because that person – Like factions. Yeah, and then I realized – I didn't even know why those people were mad at each other, but I just knew that they were. Or I'd heard something, and you just go, "Man, how dumb is I just?" And it, it seems trivial to me, but I know it's more serious if somebody's around. Because it's easy for me to be like, "Why can't they all get along?" And well, I'm headed to Toledo. Like <laughs> right. I'm gone. Right. So it's it's harder when you're in community or when you're really around somebody to maintain. And I don't think necessarily it's healthy to have friendships that are close with that many people. And so some people just don't agree or they go, well, I can be around that person for 20 minutes, but that's probably it. Yeah. Maybe that's not necessarily terrible, but it bothers me because I remember us all being like when I was a youth, for instance, like kids that were in our youth group. Yeah. And they were all like, we were all doing a missions trip and painting houses together. And then now those people hate each other. And and I don't even know why. Or they go, yeah. it bothers me. It feels like a, it, it, it does. It feels like a like everything was a waste, you know, and I'll, something came to me this week. That's been very, very helpful because I live in a very, as you're pointing out, uh, maybe an unrealistic need for things that I also connect to the gospel. And so I don't know, sometimes I feel like we should all be in this close knit community. And I think that absolutely is. Um, but I, I realize like, that's my goal for everybody. And that's where I see health and growth and things come from is that we're living, not, and we say it like this, that we're, we're living life together, okay? We're doing life together. And, and I believe that so much. Which is also what people in prison say. <laughs> <They're doing> the <laughs> so it's not exactly the most we're positive. doing life together. Uh, <laughs> Isn't this neat, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I really felt this kind of, just this thought yeah. hit me like, you know, you confuse, John, doing life together with doing a lifetime together. And so because of that, if you think that people can't stay together forever, yeah. which is what you're going at, like, oh, so these kids were together in right. eighth grade and they were the best of friends and all these shared experiences. Well, we can build upon that for life. Like I'm, a real, I'm also, and you and I talk about this, I'm, a, I'm a over, I like to capitalize upon opportunity yeah. to a fault. So if I get a great book opportunity, yeah. immediately when you and I go to lunch, after I've, after I, before the ink has dried, what am I saying? Ooh. I think he'll want to do three more or, ooh, yeah. I'm always thinking ahead to the right. point that I sometimes miss living in that moment. Yeah. And so it really began helping me to think, okay, listen, I can't really control how long 
this experience is going to happen. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't negate the value of it when it did. I have to start thinking like that because I, I do. I get depressed if I don't. But what I can begin do, doing is being very intentional to do life together well in the time I'm doing it now. Yeah. And then if you end up moving to Dallas you know, or whatever, then we'll have to figure out how to do life together then. But it's going to be different than yeah. we're both living near Nashville. So there's this – Or you could just move to Dallas too. Right. Well, and that's what's going to happen. So, But okay. we're going. Guys, it's happening. We're making an announcement. <laughs> See you then. So, no. but, but you know what I'm saying? That, that like instead of me – I think for me it's, it's such a – I need it to be this perfect yeah. – I need every one of those kids, all those thousands of them to all love each other still the same right. and all of the and, – and it's just – and when it doesn't happen, yeah. especially when you realize that there's such health and growth in real – this is real. This is spiritual yeah. reality. This is what God desires for us. And then you just feel like, oh, all is lost and, yeah. and none of that worked and, and you're always trying to build it instead of going, hey, you know what? Maybe the group I've been with in the last four years, we're not doing life together today. Yeah. When we did it then, maybe it was helpful. Who am I with today? I do believe God will provide opportunities today, and I can be intentional about them today. And then maybe they may be seasonal. They may right. not last forever. Well, or seeing value in something that did not work out long term, or even now you have uh, you have a struggling relationship with that person to still see value. In other words, like let's say we're kind of trained in Christian culture to believe that like you have all these relationships, but they're not the right one. Then you meet the one and then that renders all those other relationships to be the wrong person. And that was just a whatever. But the truth is, if we're honest, all those were like, they helped you along the way. There's things with my first serious girlfriend that I learned that when I met Curry, I was like, don't be this guy. Because I was so clingy and weird. You know your first girlfriend that you have the first kiss with, like, you're oh, con- you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. so weird and you're so clingy. And then when you realize, like, this is a this was a big problem for me. <laughs> this was a bad thing. So, like, for, there was value in that. Yeah. And so um, to act like people are like, well, that person doesn't go to my church anymore, so let's throw them away. Yeah. Let's, we don't say that out loud, but that's kind of what we – well, they're not on our team anymore. Right. You know, it's like, right, yeah. what a dumb thing, but it's 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 it, kind of how we treat it. And for me, it's less about, I don't devalue them in the kingdom or anything like that. It's a, if I can't do this level of life together with you, yeah. then what's the point? Because that's the point for me. Yeah. That's the point of what this, and, and realizing, and I'm still growing, this is again kind of fresh, but okay, listen, you're not going to. Uh, you and I have been friends for over twenty years. Yeah. So this is a this is one of those rare. We're going to do a lifetime together, wherever we are. Yeah. Well, let's you know let's saying? let's take it easy. I don't. Look. <laughs> I was going to taper off at twenty two. <laughs> Listen, let's. This let's... is a hard conversation to have, John. I don't know <laughs> what a weird intervention you've set up. <laughs> this is the whole reason I started this podcast. <laughs> Your podcast has affected me negatively in the following ways. I just produce a list. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but no, I I really I really am trying to get there where, and then see it feels like a cop out. Like then somebody's well, we can't all be together all the time. When people when people check out of of deep relationship because life gets difficult or they get offended, yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake, and I think that when we don't, we're not willing to have the difficult conversations and walk through it. So I'm still gonna feel that like, yeah. and, and I want to I want to be open with people about that, guys. Scripturally. This is when this is getting good. Yeah. You know, your marriage, to your point earlier about the mistakes that you make, you know, so much of, of, uh, you know, so much of marriage, I think about, I think about how many times, uh, when it was hard and I stayed Mm -hmm. and, and, and when you're early on in a relationship, you do, you feel like, well, if, if I were this, um, so what, what was I watching? Oh, friends last night. I love watching friends at night. So you know, Chandler and Monica are just, and he's got all these relationship issues yeah. and they're just beginning to get committed to each other. Mm-hmm. She gives horrible massages, like hurts, you know, and, right, and right. she's like painfully massaging him. And so, you know, Joey or somebody says, well, just maybe you should just tell her the truth. He's like, this is the first time I've been in a very committed relationship. The last thing I could do is tell the truth, right. you know, like, yeah. like, you know, seeing that there's this fear of, of being himself or mm-hmm. hurting and, but man, there's such there's such depth that comes from looking back and going, okay, the world did not collapse whenever we disagreed, when we disagreed about this or that, the world didn't change to the point that, you know, now all is lost. And I think in the church or in in real relationships, 
being comfortable with that. And so don't, I still don't want to write a check out because, well, we're not going to do Lifetime together. Yeah. I'm out of here. And I think there's still more benefit to longevity, but realizing that people are going to move or people are going to change and people are going to have different seasons. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, wow, we, st- we jumped right into the deep well, stuff, we did. didn't we? We didn't even. I was going to talk about my, my sunburn, but we went instead. But that can be deep, John. Let's Maybe we'll find a spiritual parallel. Instead, I talked about my sin burn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was a church in town, Johnny, that two weeks in a row put the two most uh, overused church marquee things, even from the 80s, that I've ever seen. And they Was were, one of them come inside from, sign broken, yes, come inside for message? Sign yeah. broken, come inside for, it's a digital sign. Wow. So, like, they knew what they were, you know, they've invested in this sign. It wasn't, you know. And if it's digital, that means the sign can't be broken because it's digitally <laughs> putting pixels on the screen. <laughs> like, with the marquee, you could almost say, well, maybe the light's out. You know what I'm saying? It kind of makes <laughs> sense on both levels. It's almost like, look, we know you, none of you are going to believe this. You've all seen it before. We're just going to put it up here because. When a digital sign, like, that just says they have, this This church has no they've sense not, of true irony. They've not, they've not thought it through, Johnny, on the oh, sign. Man. I have a friend at that church. I thought about texting him about it. I want to make him feel bad. Be like, hey, did y'all get a new sign guy or what's going on? Because <laughs> <laughs> you need to fire him. <laughs> and then I'm going to find out it is my friend. Oh, and sad. actually, that friend is a listener. So he's going to know. I'm going to see now if he listens and he'll text me. I want to know <laughs> if you know I've not mentioned the church or what's going on. I don't judge it. Can you at least tell the denomination? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with um, <laughs> Merced Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, what was the other one? What was the other? So it was sinburn. You said no, but it wasn't forbidden sin burn. fruits produce many jams. <laughs> <laughs> Give the devil an inch, he'll become a ruler. That's oh, my, that's my what gosh. you see a lot. That's that wasn't true. it though either. Uh, I forgot what it was, but it's the two most common ones. My favorite is forbidden fruits produce many jams. <laughs> it sounds like a fortune cookie. It really does. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever gotten a fortune cookie that was kind of like an insult? I have not, but I know that you have. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't get one. My buddy Brent got one, and it said, your stupidity will be your downfall, (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing. He kept it on his fridge. It's a great little, like, pick-me-up. Like, when you're going to get milk, you're like, all right. Yeah, this is coming for me. And I got one. I was at the same table, and I got one, and it said, and it had an arrow, and it said, his stupidity will be. (laughs) That's weird. That's not true. But I got one one time. It said, a nice cake is waiting for you. I was like, well, that's interesting and very specific. (laughs) It's strangely specific. Yeah. And exactly what you wanted. How did it yeah, know? I don't know. Uh, I lived alone at the time, so I was like, I don't like the idea of this. And they broke in. You know, uh, I was telling somebody yesterday, I don't know if I ever told you that when uh, Laura got pregnant with our daughter, that's how we used to go to a Chinese restaurant every week yeah. with my parents. Yeah. And and so that's what I did. I, I made a fortune cookie. I, I found a fortune cookie. and I, I thought you were going to say that's how you decided that you were going to keep trying. Like it was your fertility <laughs> <laughs> like, like you would read into the, the cookie, like, well, let's keep trying. It says here. Something good's around the corner, well. <laughs> your, your word of the day is the Chinese word for ovulate. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, so I fished out. I don't remember how I did the tweezers. So I fished out the thing without breaking the cookie, and yeah. I made my own. That says how did you like, fish it back in, though? I just that's like putting toothpaste back in the tube. No, nah, it's there's space there. Really, it just it was it was a. You just have that's a that's so a poorly I made it cookie. So I kind of it out like, hey guys, here's your fortune cookie, you know, and mm-hmm. and I had put it back in a wrapper. I was like, hey, I went and opened it for you, kind of thing, you know. And so uh, and it was something like, you know, your your youngest son's wife will be having a child soon or something, you know. And my mom, you didn't make it more poetic than that. I don't remember what I wrote. <sighs> Jeez, I, <laughs> that's true. It's not important what you wrote. Words is your only business. <laughs> I don't remember what words I used. It's like I, I, I guess I'm hoping that the the amount of trouble I went to with the cookie yeah. would would be the real reveal. Did they were they surprised? Did they know immediately it was you that did it, or did they think like, oh, it took them a second, and then and then yeah, mom started like screaming and yelling and stuff. We made a oh, big shit. It was, it was that's great. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Your mom's the best. She is. My mom Mama is D. the best. Yeah. Mama D. Well, I did get some since since we last spoke, and you're looking at it right now. Uh, it's as unbelievable. You, it is. So, you know, many moons ago, a long time ago in a galaxy far away. Is this still the fortune cookie? No. Okay. I, I, I think it was like fourth grade. I went on vacation with my friend named Ben. Mm-hmm. His parents used to take me. And I remember Ben's mom would ask me, she, she asked me on that trip. She's such a sweet lady. Yeah. Do you think you need sunscreen? 
and you know, and you're like, no, I'm fine. You know, you're, you're, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you don't want to, you're almost embarrassed by being talked to at all. You know, well, you don't age. like slathering stuff on yourself. Right. It's a weird thing when you don't I, slather and things. And I'm like pasty white and, you know, and you're starting to like girls and all these things. And so you, by the way, the word slather is completely perfect for what it is. It really does. Like when you it's put some, when, you, when you put it on, it makes the sound slather. Yeah. Is that automapia when it sounds yeah, like when it, it is? Yeah, when it makes a sound, yeah. Like, How boom, did they come pow, up with that bam. name? I wonder if onomatopoeia is an onomatopoeia. Yeah, like if somebody ever smacks you with like a piece of bologna and it makes the sound onomatopoeia, <laughs> what would you have? To, what sound would you have oh, to? Onomatopoeia oxen. What would you have to be like hit by to make the sound onomatopoeia? I don't know. Anywho, she Flatter. said, "Would you want sunscreen?" And I said, "No." I thought I'm going to get a little tan. Oh no! And back then, I burned my feet, the top of my feet, to an absolute crisp, and it was. And I didn't wear flip flops back then either. Like I always wore shoes. Did the rest of you burn? Probably, but my feet is what hurt the worst because yeah, of course. I tender. put shoes on, and it was, and I was so embarrassed, and so the whole trip I was hurting. So I swore then, never again. Mm. And this last trip, you broke at the your age own, you of thirty nine. We're sitting out near the we're near Tampa with some friends out in Reddington, Indian Rocks area, and. It's like 80 degrees, yeah. beautiful, sunny. And I told this to my wife. We're only here for four days. Right. I'm not going to get a sunburn. It's dumb. I'm not even going to attempt to get a tan. And so I think you're going to laugh because this makes no sense. But I left my shirt on. Like in my mind, I'm covered. You yeah. know, and I'm just sitting there. It's not hot. That is the pastiest part of you. Right. That's the part that's going to burn. Yeah. And my feet and stuff, my, my, my legs get tan every summer. You know, you wear flip-flops the whole summer and everything. So it just wasn't a big deal, and it's not very hot. And I just – so I did not put sunscreen on. Mm. Here's the deal. I did not feel anything. Yeah. I went back to the uh, house, took a shower. Yeah. Didn't, you know, that's usually when you notice. Like, oh, right. my gosh. You start itching a little bit. I don't yeah. remember feeling anything there. I put on flip-flops to go to dinner, and my feet got cold. In the house. So I went and put on shoes, yeah. which should have been a telltale. should have hurt like the dickens. Nope. Socks, tennis shoes, felt fine. Yeah. Went to dinner. We had to get reservations at two conflicting places because they were both a long wait. So I had to run from one place to the other when they called to, yeah. to get the table. And by the time I got to that restaurant after yeah. running, I was like, oh, man, my feet kind of hurt. And when I went home and took off my shoes, it looks like somebody has put a blowtorch oh, to man. my feet. And it's been a week. It's been a week, and you're looking at him right now. You're wearing. John is wearing. Uh, first of all, let's go from top to bottom. He's wearing a hoodie, a zip-up hoodie, jeans that are rolled up Huck Finn style, like he's getting ready to catch a raft with Jim and just go down the Mississippi, and flip flops with lobster feet. Like I'm talking bright red. They are. And I wore shoes yesterday, and it wasn't so bad. And I could wear shoes now, but my wife said she thought it'd still be better. And the the jeans are rolled up so they don't touch your feet. Is that am I right? That's in correct. That? That's how much they hurt. Well, I'm touching them right now. They're not it, – it's actually getting less. But they, it's just not – I think it may be starting to peel finally. But, yeah. But it's just stayed red. That's what's crazy. Like it's not It's not really it's a changed. Dumb, it's a dumb injury. It's an absolute idiotic So injury. I had a friend at Home Depot that I worked with. Speaking of dumb injury, I'm thinking about putting this in the show because – but it would have to be me that it happened to if I did it because that's just how it works. Comedy's not funny if it happens to other people. But everybody's had dumb injuries where you're like, ah, this is stupid. But this guy, he was talking. He was like, ah, how you doing? And he's a cashier. I was a cashier at Home Depot. Yeah. So he's like, hey. And I go, what? Are you okay? You got a cold? He's like, no, I, I burned my throat. I go, what happened? He goes, it's so stupid. <laughs> so he goes, I was making instant potatoes on the stove. You know, you boil the water and you put those flakes in and you stir them. Yeah. You know? He stirs in his flakes. Then he had the big spoon. He was going to taste them, see if they needed salt or uh -huh. whatever. Uh-huh. And right when he got the spoon to his mouth, he got a little, he got like a hiccup. He sucked in scalded oh, no. instant potatoes, just sat on his uvula and scalded his uvula. Oh, that's horrible. So he had a blistered throat from scalding. I was like, what a funny injury. What a dumb thing. To you know, have I to had a band in college called Blistered Uvula. Really? And it's still. <laughs> a better name than Lois. That, that is a better name than Lois. <laughs> so I had a dumb injury. My my nightmare injuries are having to do with like not being able to sing, uh -huh. not being able to talk, or and, and obviously long term is if my memory goes. Right. Because then you can't. You can do comedy to your ninety. George Burns was ninety or whatever. He was almost a hundred when he died. In some ways, the older you are, the funnier you are. Yeah, the, because you yeah. just adapt. You're like, well, like my knees creak when I, you know, like I already have jokes about getting older in my show now, and it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. But if you're 
if you're can't remember your show, that's no good. Yeah. So that's the worst nightmare long term. The 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 one that like short term is if I get sick on a run of five six that like I was in a show a run was like seven shows in seven cities in nine days that I just recently com- completed. So it was like if you start feeling a sore throat day two, yeah. Like I have to go to some walk in clinic in Montana and just get a shot of antibiotics in the butt and just try to maintain, you know. Yeah. And steroids or whatever. So I get these sores on my tongue uh, over the last couple of years. They start – like I had one underneath my tongue. It's viral. It's it? viral. Yeah. And so there's not – and it can, can be caused by stress so that nothing helps. And it's like, it's like a canker sore like on the inside of your mouth, but it's on my tongue. And so when you talk, it hits your teeth. When you eat, it hits your it, – it, you know, food. It's, you can, And they don't get better on their own. You have to like – or you have to like let them get better on their own. Like you can do very little things like scarlet salt water and do things. But I had one of those. I had this big run this past week, and I had a sore that was like, I mean, it was almost the size of a dime. And it was on the top of oh my, my tongue. Gosh. It was like on the top of my tongue. And you know the big white like indention. It's just <laughs> horrible. Oh my gosh! It was on the towards the back of my tongue, so you couldn't see it if you were just looking. So you're talking. So I like, hey guys. <laughs> I sound like Cartman from South Park. Hey, guys, want some cheesy poops? So I'm talking like this, and I'm like, I got these shows. I'm terrified. And so I started putting this stuff on it that was like, uh, what's the pain stuff that you put on your teeth? and your gel or whatever. Yeah, but it's got, it's got what well, I can't remember what the name of the chemical that's in it, but it numbs your mouth. Lidocaine. Lidocaine. Yeah. So it's got lidocaine in it. So I'm putting this lidocaine on every show. So I try to just make it through the day gargling salt water and trying to dry this thing up, this ulcer. <laughs> And then before the show would start, uh, Friday night was the, the first one, the last Friday, and I literally had to just go dab this stuff on this sore and then hope that it did not wear off halfway through the show. Luckily, this one had an intermission, so I did 30 minutes intermission, so I went and got more than 30 more minutes. And if it had not been for that, because it did, it wore off. Like uh. towards the end of the 30 minutes, it started to wear off, and I was just like, hey, guys, I'm going to take a break real quick. And it was just like <laughs> – so as the weekend got worse, it was so the the first time it happened was a couple of years ago, uh, and I was on a Tim Hawkins run. So I was out with him for like four shows on a weekend, and he just started doing his podcast. And we usually do the podcast like the Saturday or the Sunday. This was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Since so I was like, okay, I've got till Saturday to let this heal up. Some it was so painful, and at that time I didn't have lidocaine. I was gargling this like Oragel mouthwash, but yeah. it had a little tiny bit of lidocaine in it, but it wasn't like really strong, so it would not last as long. Yeah. If I'd known about this other stuff, I would have just dabbed it on. We would have got through the podcast. So, so Thursday night, the first night of the run, they decide they wanted to do the podcast that night. <laughs> And I'm terrified. You know, I felt like a little seventh grade kid all of a sudden, like, right. God, they're going to lie. Because people were already noticing it. Like Caleb, who's the <laughs> Tim's production manager on the road, he was just like, what's up with your voice? What are you – something wrong? I go, yeah, I, I've got a – he's like, what? So I started – so then after that, they all just mocked me. So then they wanted to do the podcast that night. And so they literally, the whole podcast – they were calling me like Johnny Kanker, like I was a <laughs> a punk rock star. Johnny Kanker. And so that's still my nickname on the tour bus is Johnny Kanker. Oh, wow. Me. So now, the, so I don't know what's causing them, but I'm hope that's like the worst fear is that, like you said, like the top of your feet, like if you walked, let's, let's say you ran or you walked and that was part of your job, like yeah. the feet thing, that would just be crippling. Well, you know, and the thing is today was supposed to be the day that I was going to start losing 15 pounds. Wow. And now. You got to push that. And now. I but you could just eat right today. No. No, I got to push this back. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to set new goals. This is going to go back to July now. So. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I may be overshooting a little bit. Yeah. You know, may not need that much, but I was mentally ready. It takes a long time to get mentally ready. You know, when they had the whole thing of like. When you learn first aid in school, they teach you some first aid things, you yeah, know, yeah. when you learn about in science class. And they start talking about burns. And there's always that instruction that says, do not put butter on burns. <laughs> that was always the thing. Like, I was like, what <laughs> archaic generation was like, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Who put butter? Like, I would know not to put food on your burns. I don't know. How, there's, could, there's... how could salty food ever help a burn? And who would ever do that? I guess they thought it would moisturize it because it's a natural yeah. uh, whatever. It's got all the fattiness stuff. And... But it's salty and horrible and it's going to – I don't know. You know, I can – I'm one of I those... can see making yourself more appetizing with it. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those – I'm one of those guys. I'm just not sure like 
Laura said, hey, well, you know, let's do a – put your feet in vinegar, oh, in, a, no. in, a, in a vinegar solution. See, so that's one of those things like this hurts so bad, it's got to be helping. Well, <laughs> that's not it true. actually didn't hurt at all. It actually oh, was cool wow. to, the, to you know, but so – it's supposed to help take some of this. I'm like, yeah, but you hear all these almost wives' tales. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the jellyfish thing and pee on it. You know, right, that's not true. You're like, I, you know, that's not true, right? Well, right, but for but, years and f- people that don't like people think Snopes.com is like some left wing, like people that don't want to believe Snopes anymore either. At least to be thinking, well, type it into Snopes and see if it's real. Which would basically, which basically debunk everything that my mother believed <laughs> except the Bible, like everything that my mom used to talk about. Yeah. If she lived long, if she had lived long enough for Snopes.com to be around, that would be every conversation. No, mom, that's not real. I'm sorry, it's not real. That didn't happen. It's so you feel so dumb when you yeah. do when you really put validity. Okay, you know the most embarrassing worst story for me ever of, is being peed on is wow by, from, by a jellyfish. Oddly enough, that's with, a weird. He had a spoonful of butter, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> by a jellyfish. So you know, yeah. God, just it's embarrassing. I don't care. It's embarrassing. This is what this is about. So just be know. real, John. Let's do life. Two, let's do lifetime. Two years ago, or three, I don't know. The long. I'm gonna make it longer. I'm gonna lie to make it longer. Right. It makes me feel better about myself. I don't know what this story. I don't know where we're going. You're gonna know when I okay, tell you. Sure. But, um, so I get this email one day. Yeah. Guys, it's horrible. I, I get this remember. email one day. Yeah. And it's this. It's this church in London. Okay. England. I remember this now. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we went to your – and they named the video or whatever on my website that they watched me preach or mm-hmm. whatever. We saw this video. And yeah. So, you know, it didn't seem like a – they didn't seem like they had a, the best – it was a pastor. He had a yeah. name. And it didn't seem like he had the best grasp of the English language. Which is odd for England. Right. You would think, <laughs> what with it being the origination point – you know, but you know, I mean, I get emails sure. all the time from people who, you know, uh, okay, you know, I don't judge. I'm like, well, don't be a grammatical snob. Well, and, and it wasn't about a booking, so you're already blinded by exactly. that. You're like, this could be work, so it's exactly. you excuse all other character flaws. Yeah. You're like, this guy wants to pay me to do what I do. Like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense, you know. And so, yeah, you immediately just give him your pin number. And, the, <laughs> and that's what, like, that's what makes you so feel yeah. so stupid afterwards, is you realize, yeah. oh yeah, this is not because I'm opportunistic, and so. Right. I responded at first. I was like, hey, and I was like, well, this actually, I went and looked at the website mm-hmm. and looked up his name and sure enough, he's a real guy on a real church website Okay, at a real church with an address and pictures of church. And it's, it's a church and you can go, and you can go listen, go listen, go listen to this, listen to their podcast. Yeah. I went and listen to their podcast. And I did. So, oh, this is real. And so I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's like a cool church. I'd love to go to it. I'd love to go to, to England. So we start talking money. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what is it? You know, he offers. I didn't like put something. I'm yeah. like, heck, I'd go to England for free if y'all'd pay my sure, trip. Sure, I would do know? that. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, he offers some like, you know, it was a, it was a good it was a good payday for me. <laughs> Just tell what it was. It, it didn't happen. So who why cares? Did I think it was like seven eight thousand dollars or something. But Plus, was it pounds? Did he say it in pounds? No, uh, maybe it was. Uh, ooh, that's well, a that'd good, be a lot. That's a good question because pounds is more than money, whatever it was. Dollars, it, right? it, it came out to like I'd walk away with like six grand, and they pay for all my travel. Wow. And I was like, well, I really would like to take my wife though. So well, just bring her along. We'll pay for her too. Oh, so wow. it just kept getting too good to be true. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I was like, wow. So I kept. I was like, "This can't be true." So I went to the website again. Like, what, I can. I'm listening to this. Then guy. you asked me, and I was like, "John, why would they want you? <laughs> why this can't be real?" Because <laughs> well, that's the thing. I would ballpark your value at two thousand <laughs> tops. And why would they bring you when everyone there can do it better than you? Oh. And so I just anyway, I had literally gone to the pl- point, yeah, that I went to my pastor and got the days off on the staff calendar. Oh, That's how far I went. Man. So now it's public. Now I've made it to like my coworkers know I'm yeah. going to England kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. And then I'm <laughs> sitting in a staff meeting or something, and my wife, it wasn't Snopes, but she went somewhere online, yeah. and turns out it's it's a total scam. And what the guy what the guy does is – he acts like he's this real pastor. Yeah. So that's why when you go and research him, he looks like a real dude. But how does it work where he gets money from you? Or is it just so a thing to make your I didn't go and... through the whole scam. Yeah. So the way the scam works is because he did say the only thing is you have to pay this X amount of dollars for this. Uh, it's like a travel visa. A travel probably. visa. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're going to get this work visa to get in town, but that's not much kind of thing. So, so they got, he got me thinking. 
you know, okay, well, that makes – although I did – I don't know why I thought of that. I travel internationally. and Yeah. Yeah, I have to get a visa where I go. So yeah. that, make, that makes sense. You right. Know? Um, but visa, travel visas don't usually cost money. It's just you have to inform them what you're doing in the country. I think Bolivia may have a – I don't know. I think there's a Bolivia, few. you have to bribe people. Right. Because <laughs> it's, right. it's a horrible, not corrupt talking, government. We're not talking apples to <laughs> – so I think of Bolivian it's fruit like when here. we sent that freight of uh, playground equipment over and we hid all those tools in there oh in, in the crates. Yeah, We had a missions trip to Bolivia. We sent this playground, $30,000 of playground equipment over for this children's home we were uh, working on building. So we hid tools and generators and arc welders and all this stuff in down in the thing. And I was like, why are they hiding? It was in a huge uh, freight uh, box that like you put on a ship. Right. And then the missionary, I won't give his name, but. Because I don't know how much of this we can even talk about, but he literally knew that's part of being a missionary that people don't talk about is you have to know yeah. who to bribe. So some of your missions dollars are going to bribe people to not steal tools right, out not, of the freight that you're sending. It's over. not really a bribe. It's literally please don't steal our stuff. Yeah, like you're gonna because you they'll know. root around in there when they're searching it oh, for man. drugs, et cetera, air quotes, and they're not searching for drugs. They're searching for like stuff hey, they can sell. They've stolen our food plenty of times yeah. at the airport. Oh, you can't take this through, right? And I remember our and missionary, you see your cheese. Crackers. Yeah, they're taking it home, and our oh, missionary said, and one day he goes, "Fine, let's all go out right now behind the airport, and you will all burn it together because you said you're not." going to keep it oh uh, and they let us take it wow. like he just had the you know he knew them and knew how to call them on what they were doing they're they're taking it and and so and it was our trip food you know for wow. the team so um but anyway That's a funny bluff let's all go burn it together then <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> then they they call your bluff they have a burn pit <laughs> here's our food inst- burn pit you have to inch towards it not knowing who's comida gonna- <laughs> in fuego is what they call it really so Interesting. i don't know yeah. i think that means food on fire comedian on fire no <laughs> comedian on fire. so yeah anyway i'm burned what and a weird um, scam though that the english I, guy would do that to you i'm sorry that happened i felt really foolish when my wife figured it out you know as like oh you know now i'm I had an invite to South Africa that went similar to that, except for it didn't get that far. And I still don't know if it was ever real, but it was two weeks in South Africa. I remember that. It was four different cities. They were real cities. And this was, and they they called my agency. It wasn't like they called me. Yeah. And it was all, and then all of a sudden their benefactor, whoever was going to underwrite the tour. It the Ethiopian prince. Right. It was in in turnaround somehow. And they were going to try to reschedule. And the whole time I was thinking, like, I don't even know if I'm a fit for. Yeah, South you were Africa. you were talking to me like, are they going to get the cultural? Yeah, jokes, like I know they speak know? English. They speak but English, I just, but yeah, I didn't know. Sure, you know how do I? Do they, how does it translate? And then it just, but they they promised travel for Curry and everything. We wrote that in, and it was not going to be a ton of money, but it was going to. I mean, it's a it's a four thousand dollar trip by itself, just the flight. Sure. So I was like, well, I'd go to South Africa just to say I did it, and it'd be a fun experience, but. And then it fell apart, and I have no idea if that was going to get to the level where it was like, now we need your debit card to assure, you know, these plane tickets. We need you to reserve them. Yeah. And I need you to PayPal me this money, and I was just that, – then I would have gotten weird, but never got Yeah, weird. I don't know. I, you know, it's a – if you're listening out there, I'd like to go to England. Yeah. So if you have something – Maybe we could come do a live podcast there. Maybe if a, you're a fan of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we just need to. It'd be funny you. if that's what got us to England, this dumb show. <laughs> After all this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I'm such a history guy and I'm from the British Isles and my ancestry. So, um, you know, it looks maybe more like Have Ireland. Have you done the 23andMe? S- and- I sent off my saliva. For 23andMe? No, for Ancestry.com. Is that Okay. What- no, Ancestry.com is one thing. Okay. But 23andMe does, uh, like, where you're from. It does your your uh, biological tendencies, even oh. ranking down to like, are you prone to depression? Are you prone to diabetes? Are you prone to what should you be eating? What what type should you be eating for? Like it does all these things. So I'm just I'm thinking about doing it. It's really huh. interesting. I saw it. It weirded me out. Like I don't think I want to know all the things yeah. I'm prone to. But that's true. That's it's dumb. like we're getting to the point in technology where we can find out a lot more. And what if it's wrong? Yeah. That's like, true. And like, you've lived your whole life in that. Right. What if, like, my positive thinking is what's keeping me from falling into depression, and now you're going to tell me I have no choice, you know? Yeah, it's true. Come on, Johnny. But knowledge is power, right? Is that not what we were told in the 80s? Well, what if they were wrong? What if yeah, What, what if, if that knowledge was actually <laughs> what if, crippling? <laughs> I do believe, I do believe that uh, you're, I think that the search for knowledge, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was reading, I was reading a book about 
you know, suffering in the world and, and if, if God is good, how can this happen? You know, those are the major questions that we, we get. And, you know, logic and philosophy and those sorts of thought, they all have, if your goal is to gain more knowledge or enough knowledge in order to understand the mysteries of the universe, then there's always going to be a cap to that. There's always going to be a, and it's, I'm, I'm obviously not a guy saying we shouldn't learn or that we shouldn't search. I do think that real knowledge, and even Proverbs says this, yeah. that real knowledge or real wisdom is understanding that there's a limit to your understanding. Yeah. Like, and, and if you if you truly believe that there's no limit to your understanding or even to your society's understanding to grasp all of the mysteries of the universe if we just had enough time. I mean, you're literally just building the Tower of Babel. I mean, that's exactly what they thought. Just give us enough time and enough people and enough resources. And I think that there's that, I think even though those of us within the Christian circles may not ever say, well, I know that, I know. But we we functionally live as if, you know, I, I know when my dad was sick in the hospital, Mm -hmm. you know, and he had congestive heart failure and there's so many things going with him. We would all become so upset at the doctors, you know, especially dad, obviously. We get very upset with the doctors when something went wrong, a procedure, a simple procedure that yeah. went wrong, you know. And, and it was – and I would – and I, I didn't mean this insensitively, but to try to help comfort him, I would say, you know, dad, this isn't, this isn't like we've, you know, asked somebody to come fix our refrigerator. Yeah. You know, and they're certainly going to just – all I have to do is put this part in here right, and it certainly is going to work. Like, I mean – we're talking about the human body. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that they don't understand, though they're very knowledgeable. And so the more confidence you put in in the medical profession of just that example, but even in the way that we understand the world or we understand the human condition and all those things, we certainly learn more. But yeah. I think for me, you become more frustrated. Like the more – it's almost like getting older. The older I get, I literally feel – and I'm, I heard older people say this when I was younger and I thought it was dumb. Yeah. I thought it was just cliche. But now I, I really think I'm like, oh, well, I really don't know much. Yeah. Like I'm really small in this whole grand scheme. And like we said you know, before, there's a story here that I'm not the center of. And um, and it's almost freeing to, to come to that. I'm less likely to try to you know, just tell you all the reasons how to fix your problem now. Because yeah. what if you – know, and, and yet I'm more confident that I have to lean up into someone who does know. But – and you went back to your was it called twenty three and twenty three and me, which I think is twenty three chromosomes, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, it's like I, I I don't know if having more knowledge about all the things that are faulty or possible about my life is going to help me. I need I need enough to be wise to right. make good decisions, but not so much that I put confidence in all of those. Yeah, but it is weird. To like we we've, we've, ne- we've had we've never had this level of awareness of and control over. But what does it lead to? Like, if you don't have ethics along with it, like people who can find out that their baby is going to be Down syndrome in advance, yeah, and then they abort the baby, yeah. Like, if they didn't know, it might have been this this thing where they would have loved that baby, and the baby it's a living thing. We believe as Christians that like life yeah. begins at conception, and like this is God has a plan for this and all this. So that's an example of like when you just go, well, I'm going to just keep trying to like get it perfect. Right. And then how, how far does that go? Do you go, well, I really wanted a blonde kid or I really wanted blue, you know, and now we're starting to like genetically engineer children. Uh, You know, they're, they're learning how to do things. It's like, is that where we should be headed with this? Like, it's like, we know more, but are we a nickel smarter for it? Like, are we even like, are we just, is it just, it's like, uh, who is it? C.S. Lewis said that he said, if you since uh, the gist of it is basically like knowledge <laughs> without you know grace just makes a more clever devil yeah you know that we just become way more crafty at committing sin that's good <laughs> you know yeah and uh, i think there's something to that but i also think that christians uh there's a history in the church of what i would call intellectual laziness that we have to kind of there's a balance to be struck for instance, but they don't talk about dinosaurs in the Bible, so the dinosaurs are fake. You know, I meet people that say that. Right. These dinosaur bones are fake because the Bible didn't talk about them. Well, that's intellectual laziness. Right. Now, I can say to you, well, maybe the Bible just didn't think that we needed to know that. Maybe the Bible's, the Bible's not just a history book. The Bible's a book about 
the love of God, and it's the story of God's love for mankind. So it's not just about history. So there are things in history that the Bible doesn't talk about. That does not mean they did not exist, though, that right. I can now like, well, if I believe the Bible, I have to believe this. Like people that we talk about the flat earth because there's one scripture that says the firmament. The Bible refers to the firmament. And so people that believe in flat earth, they reference that scripture as proof that the earth is flat and it's a disk floating in space, if they even believe in space. And so it's such a weird thing. And so I think we pollute it sometimes when we say, I'm going to just run from knowledge too. There's got to be a balance. You know, interestingly enough, I read an article about, you know, I I do believe intellectual laziness is more of a modern church thing because there's, we don't understand that many of the early, during the enlightenment, the the church was on the forefront of scientific discovery. Yeah, right, sure. The scientific method came from people who believed in Christ. They saw this as an extension, and I don't don't mean just the scientists, but the theologians were were as much a part of that journey. We come to a place now, yes, where I think we we now trust that the experts have it under control, and you're either choosing faith. And to your point about the Bible, I think that that, you know, a viewpoint of the Bible, the specific, specifically the book. Okay, do you have a canker sore, John? Beyond <laughs> specifically, is uh, it can become idolatry. Yeah, it can become a thing to you. So I had a kid tell me that you know some kid. Uh, I'm trying to be really vague here. There was a Bible class. Yeah, where a kid threw a Bible. Yeah, like a third grader. Yeah, threw a Bible. Okay, right, and just got absolutely reprimanded. For throwing you know, the Bible. For throwing a Bible. Yeah. That, and was he just tossing it to somebody? Was I don't he like know. Angrily I, throwing I don't, it? I don't know. It was from a child's perspective, so I really yeah. don't know. Yeah. But throwing the Bible, and, and the adult was like, there are people who, and then who would die for that book kind right. of thing, you know. And, and, and you know, uh, I was talking to my child about that topic. And yeah. I said, you know, listen, there's nothing sacred or holy about these pages and this paper. And this, she's like, but it says Holy Bible. This binding, right? It literally like, says it. Like, there's it's the first word. Like, Dad. Daddy, you're really not understanding. Yeah. But to to get that, like, God's word is holy. Yeah, you know, God's God's words are what matters here. And how, you know, we I loved it. I think it was, um, you know. Andy Stanley talked about that. He had a series, you know, whether you agree with everything Andy Stanley says, he's got some great viewpoints to, to at least cause you to think. And yeah. he said, everyone who says uh, that all of us having a Bible makes us better Christians, you, you understand that the that the best Christians who ever existed that we know of in history, if you want to talk about what they did in their world in the yeah. early church, mm-hmm. they had no Bible for almost 300 years, not in the right. way that you think of it. Right. And so to make an idol or to make a thing out of this Bible, it's impossible. Uh, it, it, they had God's words and the letters that were circulating, and they had the Old Testament and their traditions and all those things. They had the same information, Yeah, I think is what we're saying. But they didn't have it in this way that you can – they didn't have it in verses yeah. where you can go proof text and find your viewpoint – and then extrapolate whatever you want from that, and I call that exceptional Christianity. Um, that's when you make your faith out of the exceptions. Yeah, I had that conversation with someone the other day. You know, it was well, we're talking about Revelation and Daniel, and then right. when this happened, this one thing happened, and helping people understand. And this is something really helpful for me lately. That look, everything in Scripture is not prescriptive. Some of it's just descriptive. You know, mm. everything in scripture is not something that right. that you're going to be able to apply. So, guys, there was a flood. It doesn't mean that we can prescribe that that's what's going to always happen. What happened to Job yeah. was very descriptive. And, yes, you take the principles from those things and learn from them. But it doesn't mean that God's going to allow the devil to give you boils. Like it doesn't – or every time you get boils because God and the devil had a conversation. Like yeah. there's a lot of mystery still this to that. This is about that. my tongue again, isn't it? Johnny, I think you know where, why I've called you here. <laughs> It'd be great if I could just compare myself to Job every time I <laughs> something went wrong. Well, I'll tell you what. I serve God the best of my ability, and all this stuff keeps happening. <laughs> Tell you what. Well, and people take it where, and I understand, and I hear, I hear the uh, opponent to that in my head, in my own self, going, "We got to be careful. Yeah, we can't just say everything. You got the wisdom, and and being grounded in understanding the gospel helps you to begin to 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 know. Okay, you know, uh, you know look on the day of Pentecost, there was wind. And tongues of fire, yeah. you know, 
and that we don't have any record of wind and tongues of fire ever again. Yeah. But we don't deny that it was important or that it happened. Like so we're okay accepting that. Yeah, it's like that's the story. Well, yeah, it's know? like the story where uh, Elijah had retreated to this cave because of you know the woman says she's going to kill him, or was it Elisha? That was Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. So it was Jezebel. He's praying. Jezebel says he's going to kill him. This is after you know God had just rained down fire yeah. and destroyed the altar of Baal and consumed his sacrifice and all this stuff. And then he hears a woman's going to kill him. He runs. Yeah. That's what I think is such a funny uh, image because uh, he had just literally the power of God was, you know, rained down. He's just like, yeah, but this woman, she's after me. So he runs. He's in this cave. And then the story is that he's praying and then, you know, there's fire and there's wind and there's all this stuff, but God wasn't in it. It literally says God, but that wasn't God. And then yeah. it says, but then he heard this still small voice and he fell to his knees. So this idea of like. Even in that story, God changed his method. He was literally God was the fire before because that was his response. His response when the altars of Baal was like, I'm going to send fire. This is to prove that I'm the living God. And then, you know, two days later when Elijah's in the cave, he sent fire again, but it wasn't him yeah. to prove like, I'm, this is, this is how I'm doing it. I'm a still small voice sometimes. So I think there is something to that where it's like, yeah, like you said, there's an exceptionalism. There's a, uh, there's uh, different methods. Well, and I think that we want to, we want to. Well, your definition of miraculous, yeah, is you know, uh, was it Chesterton that said, you know, it's not that we need to see more miracles, you know, it's that we need to actually open our eyes to the miracles to what, what miraculous really means. Right. I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing that. Yeah. Uh, but that that idea that I don't think me breathing right yeah. now is miraculous. Yeah. There was an old family guy episode, which I'm not recommending family guy, but I just remember it when you said that it reminded me there's a scene from this movie called, uh, American beauty, which you've probably never seen either. But anyway, this boy in it, who's this really eccentric yeah. kid, he's watching this bag, this plastic bag swirl around in a parking lot, like by this wind tunnel that's happening. Yeah. And he's just amazed by it. And he's just like, this is a miracle to him. And so Family Guy kind of reiterates that they put that in cartoon form and, and this kid's like, look at this. It's a miracle. And then like it pans to God in heaven. He's like, are you crazy? Do you have any idea how complicated your central nervous system is? <laughs> right. So this idea that God's frustrated by us being fascinated by a plastic bag. When right. Your own body should not be here. Exactly. The I fact that we're just far enough away from the sun not to burn ourselves unless we don't put sunscreen on our feet. <laughs> but we're just close enough that we don't freeze to death either. Yeah. Like that alone should be enough to be like, there's order to this. There's a there's something going on. It it is. And I think the more the more you dig into the minutiae of it, you know, it, it, I can never learn enough that someone can be confident that, you know, Sadie right now, you know, like I don't dis I try not to discourage her. Asking the hard questions or having doubt, I try really hard not to. Hey, just believe because, yeah, and it's okay because Daddy knows because that would last for right now, and she really wants that. Yeah, she said to me something the other night. We we're snuggling, you know. That's when we have our theological conversations, and she says something like, you know, well, sometimes I do doubt, but I know that I trust you, and I know that, and I, and it's easy for me to go, yes, honey. Trust me. Right. And instead, I'm like, you know, listen, I'm really glad and you can trust me. But the the days are coming and they're really already here where you're going to have to mm -hmm. discover these things for yourself. And I'll be one of those voices in your journey that you should trust. But that's not going to be enough. No, that's not what God desires for you. And God, God wants to reveal himself to you in these things. So you're going to hit, you know, you're going to because here's the deal. If they trust in you alone. Then when they hit teenager years or, or early 20s, when you're an idiot all of a sudden, yeah. nothing you say can be. And then suddenly the college professor, whomever, who, by the way, should also be an idiot because you're in the same age group and everything else. They just happen to not be your parents. Right. You know, so they literally stereotype you for your age. Yeah. And for your place, even though you maybe have been right about everything, they well, that's just the whole need bias. a new source. Yeah, there's, a, there's different kinds of bias. And one of them is like the newest idea. Yeah. So if like a new idea comes in that's drastically different than an idea that's a held idea, it can be attractive just because it's the newest idea. 
Yeah. It's so it's such a it's such a strange change of of direction that you're like this is just crazy enough to work. Yeah. Maybe there is no god and that we're all just accidents and it's just these random mutations. Yep. What about that? And then you start to you know what I'm saying like that's how philosophy kind of chips away. Uh and that's not to say you shouldn't think these things through. We've talked about that before. I believe that you have to wrestle with these things. It's the people who don't wrestle anymore that bothers me. They're 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 being intellectually lazy on the other side. Sure. They're just like, well, I heard the latest thing from some whatever, you know, some atheist, and just that seems about right, and it makes my life easier to not believe. Yeah. So I'm just going to do that. Well, that's intellectual laziness too, because you've not figured it out for yourself. Right. You're the, you're. It's just blind faith in another kind of. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. And I want to be really careful. You know, if if you are someone who listens who. You know, you're really struggling with faith. We've kind of thrown out a lot of different things without – I'm happy – in fact, you can email us or talk to us. I'm happy to really talk about some of those very specific things to suffering the world and, and Scripture, not to have answers, but maybe to, there are perspectives other than maybe the ones you thought of. Um, and I don't want to just glass over them sure. as if they're not really, really important. To be honest with you, I'm 39. I've been a Christian as long as I can remember, and I, I lead people to Christ and try to make disciples. And I still struggle with a lot of those questions, and I'm learning that I can be a believer. I can be a believer who still brings my doubts before the one I yeah. believe in. Yeah. I also feel some comfort or a lot of comfort in, in knowing that there are questions that are higher than me, but also to not be then intellectually lazy to go, you know, well, God, I can trust you with this as I continue asking, or or I can, you know, so – I think that that's a really important invitation. I think that I think that the faith, I think Christianity should be inviting people with questions instead of saying, well, you know, if you come, then we'll give you either answers to your questions. We're going to satisfy that. That may not be the case. Yeah. You, you will find fulfillment. But even if all of your questions are answered, that's that was where we went to today. Even if all of the – if you get another 20 years down the road where you now have found the building blocks, not of the atom, but of the atom's building blocks. And yeah. You found another microscope or another telescope that showed you 500 more universes and you understand this about the body and you can reproduce an artificial heart. And knowing, all of those things, you know, I think that there was a – the Star Trek mythology, the real thing about Star Trek if you're a Trekkie was not just what happened technologically is that they had overcome the human problem. Yeah. That was that was Gene Roddenberry's big like major thing. Right, and yet they still had a bald captain in the next generation which you're like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> Except baldness. You can't cure baldness. Get out of here. But they used to, you know, there's always like talks like, "Well, that was back when there was racism." Right, that right. That was right. back when we did nothing. Yeah. And it's like, "Okay, you guys are still literally at war." Yeah. And, with people who look differently than you. Right. That guy's got a weird-looking head. Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> that blue lady ticked me off. Well, and how many times is the villain one of the crew members? Yeah. Like they act like they've overcome the human right. problem, but without the human problem, there's no episode. Right, because like, there'll always be – that's the thing we're facing now racially in America is we we know enough to not be – we know in our hearts, we know in our heads not to be racist. Right. But tribalism is so tempting. Like even just being on a click on Twitter where you – this person believes like me. They're one of my tribe. And so when we boil ourselves down to just the color of our skin, we know intellectually that that's ignorant. Yeah. But it's so tempting. And that's we're really facing that. We're facing a second wave of a – not civil rights, but we're facing a second wave of racial identity crisis in this country. Yeah. And it's being ginned up by social media because it's so tempting to be tribal. It, church, church people do it. Yeah. We're tribal in that I'm a Baptist and you're not, or I'm a Pentecostal and you're not. You're a weirdo because you believe this one weird thing that I don't believe. Or you right. said girls don't wear makeup. What do you, it's all about believing you're better than that person. I'm more elevated. I have more knowledge. Yeah. I'm closer to God. I'm closer to the truth. We're closer to the early church. This is how the early church believe, – believe me. I promise you, nobody right now is doing service like the early church. Whatever. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> don't know right. And so – but yeah, we, we want to believe that we're better than. And so that always leads to problems. It's like what you're talking about, like the knowledge. You can't solve the problems of should we do this. All we can do is like could we? Could we clone people? Hey, we figured out we can. Now, should, should we? we? Right. You know, it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, it's like – we hadn't thought about should we have made these dinosaurs and put them on an island somewhere and make it into a theme park? 
Right. Like maybe they'll eat everybody if this all goes wrong. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's like we, we, we can figure out if we can and American uh, and just human exceptionalism, we want to go, go, go for things. Let's see if we can get to the moon. It's like, but should we have spent billions of dollars to go to the moon? I don't know. Right. You know, we, we really don't know. And, and and maybe that was a, you know, I'm not saying if, if you're out there and you're an astronaut, I apologize. <laughs> Please. Continue your course. Because so many things have come from, like NASA. But if you're that, on your way to the moon right now. Please don't turn around because yeah. that's, you're, uh, you're, gonna waste you're already fuel. halfway there. You need to hit that shadow I'm only, area where Like John said, you. I'm only one voice in your journey. <laughs> <laughs> don't begin to doubt whether your mission to the moon was worth it because we have Tempur-Pedic foam because of NASA technology, right? Well, that's there a you good, go. And that helps us sleep up to 14 hours a day, which we know will extend well, our life. And that's years. what you call a callback. <laughs> Guys, I think we brought it full circle we, we today. Did. It was beautiful. Thank you. It was beautiful. Well, that actually is our time for today, Johnny. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. I think we... That sounded like a therapist. <laughs> That's our time. That'll be $85. <laughs> you can see the cashier on your way. <laughs> Do you take insurance? No. No, I don't. Uh, but hey, yeah, be sure to check us out. We are going to... Uh, hopefully, you're going to start seeing these weekly again. Uh, very close to it. And um, we're, we're, we apologize that it hasn't been that way. It's just been crazy. Lots of sunburning. We need forgiveness um, and grace from you right now. Yeah. And if you're, we, we expect it, honestly. Actually, we demand it. We and, do. uh, and, and also again, if you're looking for the, uh, John and Johnny tour to come to the UK, then, uh, please. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Johnny John tour. Thank I'm you. sorry. I didn't mean please. to. No, John and Johnny sounds better. Contact us, and uh, we'll give you that credit card information right away. Yeah, we'll need that visa to go through. So, but uh, anyway, uh, share, talk it up, and uh, talk it up's not a thing. I don't, I don't never say that. That needs to be a podcast. Talk it up. Talk. (laughs) (laughs) We'll edit that out. I'm sure. (laughs) No, I think we leave it. So, (laughs) all right, you guys, we'll talk to you next time on Talk About That, the podcast. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.